Biden administration is at it again, because apparently they didn't learn the first time. And not about what you might think. Mm. Hey, some good news. A lot of children got rescued, and it is a great story. We'll have that coming up. And the company that's trying to control your mind. It's me. Hit that follow button. No, it's not me. <laughs> but if you wouldn't mind, just take a second, hit the follow button. It helps the show out a lot, and it doesn't cost you anything. All right. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. It's a Thursday. It is a Thursday, the day before Friday. Ugh. I can't wait. It's been an interesting week, and let's get off into... Oh, look, there she is without even her intro playing. The Miko update. Yeah, Miko is our little baby Shiba Inu, and she's doing great. This, oh, look at that. What a face, huh? That's a face only a daddy could love. <laughs> She's doing great. Had a good walk today. Met her friend Max and uh, Gunther, Duder, or whatever his name is. Uh, also Bubbles and a whole bunch of great friends. It's so many people. And then <laughs> we're going past one house where this little kid, he's probably mm, eight years old, loves Miko to death. And uh, mom sees Miko. And we're a good half a block away. Uh, gone past her house. But she yells, Miko, come say hi. So we turned around and trotted back, and uh, she got to say hi to her new best friend. So, yeah, she's had a great day today, as always, made better by the folks at BarkBox.com. They sponsor our Miko update every day on the show, BarkBox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O, Miko's name. If you want a deal that is amazing, one month free with a multi-month subscription, BarkBox is a box full of goodies for your dog. It'll be delivered right to your door every month, however long you sign up for, one month, six months, 12 months. And it's got two amazing dog toys inside, two bags of all-natural treats, and an all-natural dog chew. Sized right for your dog, allergy-free. If your dog has any allergies, you tell them about it. They'll make sure you don't get that in your box and uh, check it out barkbox.com slash miko and or for a limited time in our show notes tonight down below there you will see an extra link and that's for a special limited edition simpsons bark box if you're a simpsons fan they got you covered check it out the link is in our show notes for barkbox.com slash miko all right, before we get into our first story, I want to cover a different story because it just popped and I didn't have a chance to put it in the show notes. It has to do with that idiot, Janet Yellen, who is the Treasury Secretary. We have printed $5 trillion in the past year. And they're wondering why our credit rating dropped. <laughs> These people can't be that stupid. Yellen on the historic U.S. credit rating downgrade. You know what? Let me just let her embarrass herself. Overall annual inflation has declined every month for the past year 
and our economy continues to grow. <laughs> In the longer term, the United States remains the world's largest, most dynamic, and most innovative economy with the strongest financial system in the world. Fitch's decision is puzzling in light of the economic strength we see in the United States. I strongly disagree with Fitch's decision, and I believe it is entirely unwarranted. Okay, I, I, I think we may have found who left the cocaine at the White House. I think she's been snorting it with Hunter. Have you lost your mind, woman? Are you out of your freaking mind? She's just lying. Oh, gee, I'm very surprised. You're an idiot. And you are the Treasury Secretary? <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It just gets interestinger and interestinger. All right, let's get on over to what we were going to start this show off with tonight, and that is from Just the News, John Solomon's site. And here we freaking go again. Look, I know there's a lot of other things. Mike Pence, who's a Democrat or a traitor, but wait, I repeat myself. Uh, both, actually. Anyway, you got Pence, you got all that other crap going on. I'm sick to the teeth about Hunter Biden. And, you know, if you're going to do something, just freaking do it. If you're not, just tell us you have no balls and move on. Go on vacation, enjoy your life. Anyway, the Biden White House, again, again, has asked Facebook to tweak the algorithm to push mainstream over conservative news, according to a memo. A new memo obtained by Congress shows White House wanted the public to see the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times instead of those from the Daily Wire and Fox News commentator Tommy Lauren. They inquired in meetings with Facebook executives, asking whether Facebook could tweak its algorithm to showcase stories from the Times and the Journal over content from what they call polarizing conservative journalists. <laughs> These are according to meeting notes turned over to uh, Congress from social media firm Facebook or Meta, some alarming constitutional violations here, do you think? The focus of the meeting allegedly was to assist the administration while it struggled to combat COVID vaccine hesitancy. The memos were just reviewed by Just the News chronicled a series of meetings between the White House Digital Director Bob Rob Flattery and executives from Facebook, now known as Meta, uh, in spring of 2021. They recently delivered under subpoena to the House Judiciary Committee make it very clear the White House was actively interacting 
almost on a daily basis with Facebook, sometimes pressuring them to moderate content in a way that basically encourages more people to go get the clot shot. Unbelievable. Story from Just the News, John Solomon's site, is in our show notes tonight. And with the election coming, if you don't think they've figured out a way, without you hearing or knowing about it, to do the same bullcrap they did the last time, like Hunter Biden's laptop story suppression, if you think that's not going to go on, crawl back in your cave and go back to sleep. <laughs> Seriously. All right, Blaze Media is our next story, and it is a good one. We bring you enough bad crap news on this show. Every now and then, we do get the chance to bring you a good one, and this is a good one. More than 200 sex trafficking victims, 59 among them children who were missing, have been located in a nationwide sting. Now, it's kind of a good bad news thing because the fact is 200 sex trafficking victims. I mean, there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of them out there, sadly. But little bites. Two-week nationwide law enforcement operation led to the recovery of more than 200 sex trafficking victims, 59 reported missing children. That was reported Tuesday, just two days ago. The agency stated the sting, which was conducted in July, resulted in the arrest of more than 60 suspected human traffickers and other another 126 individuals arrested that were allegedly involved in child sexual exploitation and other trafficking offenses. According to the Bureau Operation Cross Country, nearly a yearly two-week initiative that prioritizes rescuing child trafficking victims. The operation involved a coordinated effort between FBI field offices and local law enforcement and social service agencies. Grew out of a 2003 FBI initiative to identify and recover minors who've been sexually exploited national sweeps draw na attention to the issue of trafficking. The FBI, its partners work to investigate and stop trafficking every day, according to a statement. In this year's sting, partnership with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, uh, 200 victims, 59 additional child sex trafficking victims, and 59 children who were reported missing. Good on you. The FBI's got a lot of crap going on, and they are as screwed up as they could possibly be. But hats off when a hats off is owed. And that's a good story. Blaze Media, and the link is in our show notes if you would like to uh, check it out, read the whole story, get all the details. All right. <laughs> I should have included this when I was talking about the clot shot. The death vaccine, is what I guess we should call it. It was a rather tough day today for Pfizer, 
Australia, Australia. I could never do an Australian accent. I can do 20 different kinds of British accents, Italian, all the different American accents. I could never do Australia. I don't know why. It is a weird one to try. Anyway, Senate hearings today, Senator Gerard Rennick on fire as he forced them to admit they didn't understand the mechanism by which the vaccine causes myocarditis and pericarditis. So much for trusting the science. They have no idea. Give Give it a listen. And can you explain the process why the vaccine causes myocarditis and pericarditis? I'll take that, Dr. Hewitt. Sure. Um, Based on our clinical trials and pharmacovigilance data, as well as real-world evidence following the distribution now of of billions of doses of vaccine, we retain confidence, strong confidence, in the safety profile of the vaccine. Sorry, Chair, point of order. Point of order. I've asked, do you understand why it causes, I know that it's a low risk, I'm asking do you understand why it causes myocarditis? I want you, I want you to explain to me why it causes myocarditis. Do you Pfizer, understand why it causes myocarditis? Pfizer is aware of very rare reports of myocarditis and pericarditis that have been temporarily associated with vaccination. Well, that's However, still ongoing for some people. Senator Reddick, uh, Dr. Thru should answer the question. Thank you, Dr. Thru. According to public health experts and regulatory authorities around the globe, the number of reports of myocarditis remains small. Well, I'm not rel- referring to the number of reports. I want you. And this just goes on and on, and he never actually answers the question. So I suppose basically what he's saying is I don't know. Go get him, Gerard Rennick. Yes, Senator. Unbelievable. You, you see that? You see, they didn't even answer the question. He asked a simple question. Do you know why your shots cause, doesn't matter how many, how often, whatever. And I have a feeling it's a lot more than what he's minimalizing it to. In fact, I'm sure of it. I see these things in my Twitter feed almost every day. Another athlete another person drops. He doesn't answer the question. Typical. Typical. Unbelievable. All right. What else is kicking out there? What else are we going to chew on today? I had a couple of good... Oh, yes! (laughs) This is a good one. You ready for this? New York City, where they've been bussing migrants. I'm sorry, did I say migrants? I meant illegal aliens who shouldn't be in this country anyway. Take a look at this. This is a mess. Look at that. In. Oh, nice, nice outfit there, buddy. These are all illegal aliens seeking shelter, hanging out on the streets of New York City. How nice, huh? 
unfreaking believable. That is insane. That is insane. Wow. Uh, okay, where's the other one? Oh, yeah, here it is. <laughs> Get this. City officials in New York had a briefing about the migrant crisis. Deputy Mayor tells the press over 2,100 migrants, illegal aliens, are coming into New York a week and, she says, it's unsustainable. Well, you know what? You guys were sitting around bragging about being a sanctuary city for years. Deal with it. Take a look at this crap. The, the buses from Texas are continuing. They certainly are not what we've, what we've seen, uh, you know, a couple of months ago. But I think that's why there's a little disconnect with people are like, what is going on in New York City and how is it possible that you're seeing that many people? But, right, I can't make that up. We are seeing 2,300 people a week still coming into New York City seeking shelter. That is Unsustainable. Well, maybe you should have thought of that back when you called yourself a sanctuary city. Basically, opened your doors to everybody, just like our border in the South is open to just about everybody. They have the balls now to complain about this. Seriously. Oh, man. Hey, it might be time to do another Bud Light crusade, my friends. These companies, they never, ever learn. I'll tell you what, I'll bet this campaign won't be happening here in Malaysia, because they're not going to put up with that crap. I mean, in one hand, it's sad, but on the other hand, okay. Check this out, Blaze Media, links in our show notes. The world's second largest coffee chain. Costa. I had no idea they were that big. Wow. Well, they might not be that big for much longer. They are facing a boycott and anger over pro-transgender mural of mutilated women. Might be time for a Budweiser moment. I'm not kidding. Take a look at that. See that? That basically is a mural at Costco Coffee of a woman with her breasts cut off. Oh, that's very artsy. Boy, that makes me want to have another cup, huh? Are you kidding me, Costa? What? Again, your marketing staff? Just fire them all. Costa, the world's second largest coffee company after Starbucks, now facing a boycott as they try to normalize transsexuality and the elective mutilation of women. The hashtag boycott Costa Coffee is now trending on Twitter. Subsidiary, believe it or not, of Coca-Cola. I also did not know that. They recently rolled out a mobile store and on this store features a mural of a cartoon woman, the one I just showed you, sporting a double mastectomy scar. 
Maya Forstatter, the co-founder and executive director of the British nonprofit Sex Matters, told The Telegraph, the cartoon-like picture of a young woman who's had her breasts surgically removed is shocking and irresponsible. Thank you. Young women are being sold a lie that if they have their breasts removed and take hormones, they can become men, or at least avoid being women. Disgustingly irresponsible of Costa to suggest, sell, or even glorify mental distress, bodily disassociation, and self-harm among teenage girls. Could not have said it better myself. I will not be checking out Costa Coffee any time in the near future. <laughs> Frightening. All right. I will be checking out Blackout Coffee. You know that. <laughs> what a great segue, because this is a company you can count on for absolutely fantastic coffee. The support of our troops and our first responders. Yes, there's even a Dan Bongino blend of blackout coffee, among many, many, many others. But on duty, at work, Operation Blackout, sending coffee to our troops. You will get yourself an absolutely amazing cup of coffee. You're tired of the same old monotonous garbage liberal brands where the coffee tastes like brown water crap? Got a double bonus for you. Number one, this company supports this country and all that it stands for. Second, it is just simply some of the best coffee you will ever have in your life. It is just damn good coffee. I've been a coffee drinker all my life. Nothing, nothing compares to blackout coffee. It is absolutely amazing. Absolutely delicious, bold coffee flavor. Blackout coffee, 100% committed to conservative values. Great coffee. They support our troops, our first responders, from sourcing the beans, roasting process, customer support, shipping. they got an incredible work ethic dedicated to promoting conservative principles. They accept absolutely no compromise when it comes to quality and taste. I just cannot recommend this coffee enough. You must, must try it. Just give it a try. I promise you'll be back for more. Um, you can get a special deal, too. It'll get you a great discount. Go to the link in our show notes. It's the very top link in the top of the show notes for Blackout Coffee. Go to that link. And when you go to checkout, after you place your order, go through the site. Check all the great stuff there, all the different blends and brands and roasts. And uh, put an order in. And then use the coupon code J20, J-A-Y 20, at checkout. And that will get you 20% off your first order. That's a great deal. Great deal on an amazing cup of coffee that supports our American values. J20 is the coupon code at checkout for 20% off your first order from Blackout Coffee. Thank you, Blackout Coffee. You guys are just simply the best. I'm so proud to have you as a part of this show. Samsung, on the other hand... Well, Samsung, if you want to sponsor the show, you can sponsor it, too. Uh... Maybe not. Check this out. 
normalizing state digital IDs. And guess who's going to make it easier for you? Yep, your good friends at Samsung. They are assisting with India's controversial digital ID rollout. Samsung, who obviously will benefit greatly from digital IDs. Oh, yeah, India, here. Let me help you with that, out of the goodness of our heart. In a bid to align with India's government, it's their push for digitalization, Samsung is stepping up technology enhancements for its Galaxy smartphone users. Scary enough, I use a Galaxy smartphone. <laughs> Maybe I better think about changing. It brings an array of concerns over privacy, surveillance, among many others. This move is now allowed Galaxy phone users in India to access various digital credentials, including their Adhaar, I can never say that word right, digital ID, A-A-D-H-A-A-R. How would you say that? If you're in India, would you please give me a pronouncer, put it in the, in the chat or something? Adhaar? Maybe. Maybe it's just double A, just stretches the A. I don't know. Anyway, and your PAN card, too, through a revised Samsung wallet. Now, look, I do a lot with this phone. I, In fact, I have a, a pay wave in here. I can just throw and put my thumbprint in and pay for stuff, put it against the little card reader and stuff. Very convenient. But the moment you start asking me for a digital ID... You can just go pound sand. The Samsung wallet proposed, uh, purports to eliminate the need for any physical documents. Driver's license. Vaccination proof. Now you store it all on your smartphone. And to tout it as a convenience, it also makes these devices a treasure trove of your personal data and everything you buy and every move you make, and everywhere you go. And if you think for one second they're not going to use that and track you if they want to, <laughs> you are sadly mistaken, my friends. And if you think for one second they won't shut you off, look, let's look at another angle of this. You lose your phone. Yes, I know there are thumbprints, fingerprint ways to, you know, but, you know, nothing is totally safe nothing. And if some guy steals or, or girl steals your phone and gets into it, think of what they can do. Every single thing about you, including access to all of your bank accounts, is right there at the end of their finger on your smartphone. Insane. In-freaking-sane. There's more details about this insanity in our show notes tonight. Check that out. Read more about this way that Samsung is helping to sell Galaxy phones, basically. But, you know, under the guise of, oh, we'll help you, India. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> From the dailysignal.com, do you remember the story? It was, it was probably a year ago, I think. A, a pro-life father... Um, who was targeted by the Biden, uh, Biden Department of Justice. He, uh, his house was raided in front of his kids. 
December 2022, so not quite a year ago, uh, authorities arrested this guy at gunpoint in front of his kids. I'm sure you remember this. It was all over the news. Now, a judge later found him not guilty of the Justice Department's Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, which he was charged with in January. Well, guess what? That guy is running for Congress. Yes, round of applause for this guy. That's how you do it. There is a video there. You can check that out in our show notes. His name is Mark Hawk, the father of seven arrested, charged by Biden's administration for his pro-life advocacy, is now running for Congress. Remember what I said? Get involved. Take little bites. This is a little bite in a big way. Quoting here, Hawk says, I'm running for Congress to further protect my family, those in the first district and the Republic. All the right reasons, Mr. Hawk. I will focus on restoring traditional values and principles that are central to the American identity, such as faith, family, freedom of speech, religion, and the right to bear arms. Wow. You must read the rest of this. He is running uh, for Pennsylvania's first congressional district. There he is with some of, some of his kids. Hey, support this guy, huh? His heart's in the right place. He's doing the right thing. He's taking little bites, a little bit at a time. He's getting involved. That's the way we do it. That's the way we're going to win. Ain't going to happen in some big war. It's going to take little battles from you and me working sometimes individually, sometimes in very small little teams of two or three. But we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. This is from Ben Shapiro at thedailysignal.com. I'm really not going to read much of this article because it is long. But I put it in the show notes because I really want to encourage you to read it. It's not one of those too long didn't read things. It's one of those holy crap things. Meet the company trying to control your mind. <coughs> there are a group of people who control what you are allowed to see. The news you read the videos you watch, the posts you engage with. Now, thankfully, here on Rumble, which is why I am exclusively on Rumble, I was on, I was quadracasting. I was on Twitch.tv, YouTube, Facebook, and Rumble, live streaming all at the same time, until I started to see myself get shadow banned and hits and reduced visibility, and I finally said, you know what? There's so much I want to talk about, I can't screw it. Rumble! Rumble, rumble, rumble is the place, and I have been living happy exclusively here ever since. Thank you, Rumble. Anyway, you don't know these people. You haven't heard them. You don't know their names, but they determine through methods both direct and indirect whether you are allowed to be exposed to particular messages. 
Their decisions can bankrupt companies, silence voices, and fundamentally shift cultural norms. That's the kind of power these people have. Who are they, and how do they do it? At the top level, you have a network of global elites who and look, this is not tinfoil hat stuff, folks. You know it ain't. Stay with me. They created a universal framework full of guidelines, ratings, designed to enforce approved-only narratives and punish the disapproved ones. Sounds like a conspiracy theory, except it isn't a secret, and we're not guessing. The World Economic Forum would be the absolute perfect example of what we're talking about. A platform for shaping the future of media, entertainment, culture. Second, here's one I'll bet you've never heard of. The World Federation of Advertisers. The WFA represents mega corporations that control 90% of all global advertising dollars. 90%. Their members are a who's who of global business and include some of our recent wokeified favorites like Bud Light's parent company, Anheuser-Busch, InBev, Hershey, Procter & Gamble, Lego, and, of course, Disney. I'll bet you never even heard of the WFA before. This article, my friends, is amazing. It will open your eyes. Go over to the Daily Signal, check out the link in our show notes, and read it. It goes on, and it just gets better and better, or should I say worse and worse. Ben Shapiro wrote that. Now, like Ben or not, this is some heavy-duty, eye-opening, holy crap stuff. All right, I got an update for you on the Chinese bear. <laughs> no, seriously, and I've changed my mind. We did a story yesterday about this bear. It's a Malaysian sun bear. And people took pictures of it, which looked like a guy in a suit, a badly fitted suit. And there's a Malaysian sun bear expert who said, no, that's actually a Malaysian sun bear. Well, now there's a follow-up. And when I saw this, I thought, mm, I'm not convinced anymore. The bear suspected of being a human in a costume has been spotted and videoed waving to tourists at the Chinese zoo. Look at that. Look at that. Now, I've seen pictures of actual Malaysian sun bears. That, I, there's something wrong. Something is definitely wrong. A bear suspected of being, if you missed last night's show, a human in a bear costume, now videotaped, appearing to wave at tourists just days after another video circulated questioning the nature of the creature. 
The Hangzhou Zoo in eastern China had people wondering if this Malaysian sun bear, which was pictured standing looking at zoo patrons, was actually a person in a costume. The sun bear stood up on its hind legs and appeared a lot like a person in a costume with rather poorly fitted pants. Where is it? Here we go. Take a look at this. You see this? I, you're losing me. You're losing me. That, let me play it one more time. To me, look at the arms. If you're watching, if you're listening on the podcast, by the way, please go check out the video on rumble.com, the Jay Sheldon show. I, I'm not convinced anymore. I have a feeling that's a guy in a suit. I, I really do. I watched that several times, and the more I watch it, the more I'm convinced. It is China after all. Did I just say that? I might have. <laughs> All right, let's get on with it. Time for our book. We are reading George Orwell's 1984 on this show for now. We mostly in the past have done children's uh, classic literature, and we may get back to that when we're done with 1984. I'm not quite sure. haven't decided yet. I'm thinking about maybe since Orwell is so fascinating, we should look at doing Animal Farm next. Let me know what you think. You can let me know in the chat. Email me, show at jsheldon.com. Always check our email over there. And uh, just PM me on any one of my social media accounts. Let me know what book you'd like us to do. Just The only stipulation is it has to be in the public domain. Because I ain't paying copyright fees for this stuff. <laughs> All right, you ready? Uh, it's, it's been an amazing book. Absolutely eye-opening. George Orwell's 1984, as we continue. Do you see that thing facing you? That is the last man. If you are human, that is humanity. Now put your clothes on again. Winston began to dress himself with slow, stiff movements. Until now he'd not seemed to notice how thin and weak he was. Only one thought stirred in his mind that he must have been in this place longer than he'd imagined. And then suddenly, as he fixed these miserable rags round himself, a feeling of pity for his ruined body overcame him. Before he knew what he was doing, he'd collapsed onto a small stool that stood beside the bed and burst into tears. He was aware of his ugliness, his gracelessness, a bundle of bones and filthy underclothes sitting weeping in the harsh white light. But he couldn't stop himself. O'Brien laid a hand on his shoulder, almost kindly. It will not last forever, he said. You can escape from it whenever you choose. Everything depends on yourself. You did it, Winston sobbed. You reduced me to this state. No, Winston, 
You reduced yourself to it. This is what you accepted when you set yourself up against the party. It was all contained in that first act. Nothing has happened that you did not foresee. He paused, then went on. We have beaten you, Winston. We have broken you up. You've seen what your body is like. Your mind is in the same state. I do not think there can be much pride left in you. You've been kicked and flogged and insulted. You've screamed in pain. You've rolled on the floor in your own blood and vomit. You've whimpered for mercy. You've betrayed everybody and everything. Can you think of a single degradation that has not happened to you? Winston had stopped weeping, though the tears were still oozing out of his eyes. He looked up at O'Brien. I have not betrayed Julia, he said. O'Brien looked down at him thoughtfully. No, he said, no, that is perfectly true. You have not betrayed Julia. The peculiar reverence for O'Brien, which nothing seemed able to destroy, flooded Winston's heart again. How intelligent, he thought, how intelligent. Never did O'Brien fail to understand what was said to him. Anyone else on earth would have answered promptly that he had betrayed Julia. For what was there that they had not screwed out of him under the torture? He'd told them everything he knew about her, her habits, her character, her past life. He'd confessed in the most trivial detail everything that had happened at their meetings, all that he'd said to her and she said to him their black market meals, their adulteries, their vague plottings against the party, everything. And yet, in the sense in which he intended the word, he had not betrayed her. He had not stopped loving her. His feelings towards her had remained the same. O'Brien had seen what he meant without the need for explanation. Tell me, he said, how soon will they shoot me? Oh, it might be a long time, said O'Brien. You're a difficult case. But don't give up hope. Everyone is cured sooner or later. In the end, we shall shoot you. Wow. That is the end of chapter 20. We've only got a few more chapters to go in this book, and it is amazing. We will continue on tomorrow's show with Chapter 21 of George Orwell's 1984. hope you are enjoying that, because it's amazing. It's a great book. And again, like I said, please do let me know. Put it in the live chat. Send me an email, show at jsheldon.com. PM me on any of my social media accounts. They're all down there in our show notes. And uh, you can Twitter, Facebook, wherever it might be. You can get a hold of me. Let me know what you'd like us to do for a book when we're done with 1984. 
All right. Thanks so much. Just one quick minor, minor request right down there is that follow button, the little green button right there. Just give that a click. It's free, costs you nothing, and we'll just let you know when we go live, which is Monday through Friday, and uh, it really helps the show out a lot. Costs you nothing, helps out the show. What better deal is that? Thanks, folks. All right. I will see you all again tomorrow. Thank you.